3: second amendment radio in the great outdoors welcome in mark cox along with my partner bo matthews producer carl middleman great to have you in here and uh, you know i we got a little break from the weather uh, about back at the end of the week but i have to tell you bo matthews i was bragging last week uh, the last weekend that i was going to go hunting but we woke up Sunday morning, and it was four degrees outside, and we chickened out. Uh, we Number one, my buddy said I, my dogs might go on strike if I try to make them go bird in this <laughs> weather. So we chickened
4: out. Uh, you yeah. know, and I will tell you this, that uh, I just heard of a group that was doing frisbee golf or disc golf <laughs> last weekend uh, on 10 acres out in uh, Pacific, Missouri. I'm thinking, are you nuts? It was like single digits. They were loving it, eating it up. I'm like, okay i think your I fingers know.
3: would break off if you caught a frisbee in, in four degree weather so
4: I, anyway. it, it's so bad it was sober and it's coming back it's this weekend too yeah, I anyway know, I know. this segment is brought to you by razorback armory your premier gun concierge they're on manchester the and a just east of 270. jesse rolfus is uh, a man with little sleep uh he replied to my text uh at four thirty in the morning i'm thinking It's true. The man never sleeps because they're so busy at Razorback Armory. Uh, Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Bo? I'm good, man. Thanks for uh, taking the the call uh, because a couple of things. And thank you for sponsoring the show in 2024. Um, But I started hearing some murmurings uh, just a couple of days ago about a possible ammo shortage moving in the new year because the price of the ingredients, uh, if you want to call it that, are on the rise as of January 1st. And you you are my go to on anything uh, Second Amendment firearms and ammo. So what do you what do you know?
5: So yeah, what you've heard is true. We've we've been uh, it started. We got it back probably uh, third quarter last year. They started talking about it. Um, it's <clears throat> so it's your it's your components. So it's your copper, your lead, your brass. Actually, the most important one is the gunpowder and the primer compound. The primer compounds are getting. Uh, a lot more expensive to manufacture and a lot more regulated, but uh yeah, they've told us that prices are going up, and their percentages are all over the place. It's not like a flat number uh it's we've heard as low as you know four and five percent and as high as twenty
3: Wow oh my. yeah, and i I don't underst I don't pretend to understand how the ammunition industry works completely, but is it the um, is it the a scarcity issue uh in terms of when it comes to the gunpowder or the brass, I mean, is any of that because we're having trouble getting our hands on it? Is it a government issue? What What do we know about it? Uh,
5: some of it is a scarcity. Uh, so got some friends in the powder business. And uh, right now, because of the different conflicts around the world and what's going on, a lot of that is getting dedicated to going back. Um, we're seeing really nothing's coming out of Europe. Uh, you know, we used to get a fair amount of ammo, you know, probably – maybe up to about a third of it's coming in from Europe. Well, that's stopped. Um, Everything has got to be made here uh, to be able to get it to you. Um, And the powders, powders are becoming a problem. Primer compound. So um, actually Sig, one of my bigger brands, they're actually making a facility down in Arkansas because they already make their own ammo, but they were sourcing the primers. So they're making their own primer factory, but it doesn't come online instantly. It's a, multi-year project uh, and they're 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 still chugging along at it but we won't see the results of that probably till possibly the mid end of next year
4: Uh, 25 yeah oh my Well, you yeah. know, it, it's just so, so weird because uh, so much uh, ammo and artillery was made uh, around the St. Louis area, you know, you know, over the the course of decades. And to hear these numbers is, is you know, the, the increase is is kind of scary. If you're not already stocked up, uh, it's probably time to move now. And by the way, I'm a baker's son, and so when I called the parts ingredients and you called them components, that shows the difference between you and me, Jess. Uh <laughs> <And> <laughs> but, they both make them all right say it again
5: they'll both make ammo it's good
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they do oh my gosh um well so you know what i knew you were the guy to go to on that because uh it, it you're seeing it because you're inside the but you're up at 4 30 in the morning on on work uh you're seeing those those subtle changes that go up and down um wasn't it true a couple of years ago or up till a couple of years ago we were getting ammo from all around the world at different places oh
5: yeah i mean we we've import i mean we import a lot of ammo i mean there's um and that, and that's the streams that are getting cut off because they're getting redirected to conflicts where you know they're shooting the ammo now you know you've got israel yeah. you know they'll, you know they they're going through about as much as they can make uh, there's other parts of europe going through as much as they can make with ukraine and different conflicts so it's you know it's definitely affecting our marketplace and you know as far as all this happening and the in the metals prices going up you know, going into an election year, we're a couple of headlines from panic buying. You know, on ammo and different things for people, and the way that the way that the from a manufacturer to a wholesaler to a retailer to me, giving it to the end person, that that chain of events right there, it doesn't take um, big swings well. When everybody yeah. goes out and panic buys stuff and, and clears the shelves off, you know, two or three times, the whole distribution chain gets holes in it. So you know, you may you can want the ammo all you want and I want to get it to you. I can't get it from a manufacturer to get it to you fast enough so then that becomes those gaps. And that's where you see like, hey, there's no ammo here, you know, it's ammo shortages and things.
3: Well, I wow. mean it's good it's good to know. I mean it's one one service we can give to our listeners. If they know mm-hmm. that's happening, they can pay attention and and come into Razorback or or maybe wherever so, they buy their their uh their ammunition and and start buying an extra box or two. I mean, it can't hurt. I don't want to cause panic oh, yeah. buying by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I'm trying to invent. I'm trying to do a mental inventory right now of what I might need. To be honest,
5: <laughs> yeah. Right, and we tell right. people that it's not. You know, we don't. You don't want to. You don't want to preach or spread fear. But you also you have these guns. You have you know your your firearms. Um, you want something to feed them. You want to be able to, you don't want to have two boxes of shells and not shoot your gun because you don't want to go through that ammo, you know, you want to have enough ammo on hand that you can comfortably shoot when you want to. You've got enough in reserves and backup. So if there is, you know, panic and something happens, you're not the guy 12th in line at, you know, the gun shop that doesn't get his ammo, (laughs) you know? So, yeah
4: well jesse jesse from razorback armory is our guest and uh, i wanted to ask you uh last year i got into a little bit of skeet shooting and mm-hmm. and i, f- I found a, a buddy of mine he goes oh yeah I, my my kids do it so i ordered a pallet of yeah. of shotgun shells um are you a source if people want to buy it in bulk can they come to you for that so
5: i can for a lot of different things uh okay and, and we can call i mean i can call a wholesaler and if it's on their shelf we can get it and a lot of times uh Especially back when you know ammo was going insane, uh, that was the only way they would deliver it to me. So yeah, they'll they'll wow. drop a the pallet, we'll sell it. Um, you know, and so with skeet shooting, when they say they're buying a pallet, they're usually buying a flat, which is a which is one flat row of a, a pallet. You know, which when I was skeet oh. league, that's why I was doing it because you're going through so many shells, you know, a yeah. week or two weeks that you you're not going you're not going to the gun shop every week to buy ammo. You you want to have it right. On the
4: Yeah,
3: that's a good point. Well, it's good. It's good to know that that uh, that that's out there. Bo, do you have something else to add?
4: I I just wanted to ask uh, how your Sig Sauer Legion series is selling, because that was uh, that was our big push uh, for the store this month. And and these are custom works. These are higher end. Are you you still stocked up in, in a good assortment of them? Yeah, so we've gone through
5: a lot of them. There's more coming in. My SIG shipments are pretty much daily. We'll get something from SIG to replace what we just sold. But, uh, yeah, so the Legion or the Custom Works, which is like the top tier of each model from SIG, so uh, no, oh, yeah. great and then they're loaded with all the features everything that people want in them so great guns
3: yeah uh, you know awesome. jesse i i i know that uh it seemed there for a while every month we were breaking the previous month's record when it came to background checks in this country i i don't think november and december the holiday season were any different this year were they
5: no uh it seems to keep going along i don't know if we were breaking records but we we're definitely keeping on par uh and uh it's you know, it's, it's it seems like some days we think it's going to slow down or kind of level out, and it just keeps going.
3: Well, I mean, pe- people are well, concerned. They they see what yeah. they see what's going on in the country. I mean, I don't think uh, I just think people have decided to, to, they need to take their own safety into their own hands, and that's not a matter of anybody panicking or being an alarmist I, I just i think more people come to that realization every day and you probably get people coming into the store i would imagine because i have other friends in the industry um who are first-time gun buyers pretty regularly uh, yeah huge huge portion of
5: our sales are to new gun owners yes. yeah never owned a farm before um a variety of different reasons but the most common thread is you know they watch the news they talk to their neighbors they see other things that are going on and they want to make sure that they're able to defend themselves and their family if need be.
4: Last time I was at Razorback Armory Mark, I have to tell you I learned something from i learned something from him every time I talked to him. But the one thing that he told me, what which I was shocked, if you're an if you own an AR, uh Jesse says he never, if possible, ever shoots an AR without a silencer, a suppressor. He never. If he doesn't have to, I thought, (laughs) what? I never knew that, but there's a lot of benefits to that, and, and Razorback can uh, get you connected to uh, the AI, the, uh, the silencer and suppressors. Have you ever heard that before, Mark? I have not. No.
5: Uh, it's I've, it's I've, a I, difference. It
4: takes that platform,
5: which is, uh, you know, people call them a weapon of war and everything. It's a modern sporting rifle. They're excellent platforms to to target shoot, to defend, to sport shoot. You know, all kinds of long range applications. But when you take that raw muzzle and suppress it. It changes the whole platform and makes it so much more pleasant to shoot.
4: Jesse has (laughs) standards. All right, Jesse, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm sorry. One more time. Sorry I stepped on you.
5: Oh, that's all right, buddy. No, it's my ears keep ringing all the time from all the years I shot without a suppressor.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I'll bet. Okay, so you have a good excuse. Razorbackarmory.com. dot com. That's Jesse Rolfus. Does a great job. If you want to learn anything, heck, you're going to when you walk in their store. Thank you, buddy, and uh, keep arming America. We appreciate everything you do and your sponsorship as well.
5: No problem. You guys have a great one. We'll see you.
3: We'll do it, Jesse. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. uh, Big show for you today. Coming up, uh, one of the stars of the UFC, mixed martial artist, hometown boy from St. Louis, Michael Chandler, is going to join us live in studio. We can't wait to get him in here, find out what's going on with him. He's got kind of a, he's got a fight coming up with somebody I've heard of before. What was that guy's name, Bo?
4: He's a newcomer, I think. Uh, 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 Connor something. McGregor. McGregor. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's coming up in June. We're going to be back you. with more Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors in just a minute. Call from mom. Answer it.
0: Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows
3: nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: At
4: the top Second Amendment Radio And the great outdoors I'm Bo Matthews Alongside Mark Cox And a very special guest uh, In this segment Is uh UFC fighter And uh, actually I'm going to call you A longtime friend Michael Chandler Is in the studio buddy How are you Welcome back to St. Louis
1: I'm great So happy to be back In St. Louis man My old stomping ground So it's uh, it's been good man Thank y'all for having me
4: uh it's mark it's been uh kind of cool to follow his career uh and you know i met his mom uh with him one time and and i think it was at the Graboy bluffs or something and you don't have a better cheerleader besides her maybe your wife but she is like (laughs) yeah she is in your corner full-on she she
1: sure is yeah she's been watching me ever since uh lily wrestling and she was in there and and all the sweaty, uh, the sweaty, nasty, <laughs> loud gyms—all those different years—and uh, here we are, and you know, fighting on the world stage. It's amazing. It's what a cool.
3: career! I mean, chart that for people that are listening who might not know, Michael High Ridge, uh, Northwest High School, Mizzou. Mm-hmm. I mean, t-
1: yeah. So obviously, uh, you know, wrestled under Ron and Bob Wilhelm in Northwest High School right here, in and. In- High Ridge, Missouri. Um Jeff Co baby. baby. That's where that's where I grew up. <laughs> Went 2 hours west, walked on to the University of Missouri. You know, I was kind of the lowest guy on the totem pole, worked my way up, became a team captain, national qualifier four times and then a uh, All-American in 2009 and figured I'd give this thing called mixed martial arts a try down at Lake of the Ozarks in August of 2009. Um, And then I've been trying it ever since, 31 fights, and uh, world champion in Bellator, fought for the world title in the UFC, top five lightweight, and we get to beat up this guy named Conor McGregor in June, so it's going to be fun. Who's that? Who? Yeah,
4: some some guy. Who is that guy? (laughs) He wears a fur coat, that's all I know. Uh, This is a long time coming because he had that bad leg break, which went the the wrong way, walking like a chicken, Uh, Mm -hmm. and when I saw that, I thought, man, will that ever happen, but he's agreed so
1: he has yeah and I, and you can say you can say what you want about connor there's a lot of a lot of haters and a lot of doubters but when connor says something he usually sticks to it when it comes to opponents and fight dates and that kind of stuff so we're heading that's in right. the right direction this is a fight that's been you know looming now for a year we did the ultimate fighter on espn um i absolutely dominated team chandler beat mcgregor you know 10 fights out of 12 <laughs> um so we kind of have a little history there and then uh yeah now we're, we're talking june 29th international fight week that, that's huge. Well, the, mm, the, yeah.
4: the show is called S- Second Amendment Radio. You have guns mm-hmm. right here. And, uh, and The Great Outdoors. And so I've been watching you on Instagram. I, I feel like I'm stalking you because you pop up on my reel all the time. But... <laughs> Dude, when you guys got the snow in Tennessee, and I saw you do the cold plunge, but that wasn't it. Uh, t- tell me, tell me about, tell the people about cold plunge. Why do you do it? Go into a little bit of the science. Does it really help you? Because I don't do it.
1: Yeah, it really does. I mean, it, I mean, the biggest thing um, from a physiological standpoint is you're you're turning on those that anti-inflammatory system, right? Um, and also just creating. The endorphins and kind of the shock factor. I mean, I think it's uh, widely known. I mean, people are a little bit too comfortable these days, right? We like to sit at seventy degrees, and I don't think God created us for hundred percent comfort all of the time, right? So, putting myself outside of my comfort zone. I used to hate cold water. Used to hate cold weather. I was kind of a sissy about it. So, I made a, a promise to myself a little over a year ago. I'm going to start doing it, and uh, now it's become fun. Um, it's been become something that I kind of. Um, desire and look forward to uh even though it does suck but for me it's an accomplishment because i was so afraid of it and then obviously there was snow i had the hot tub you know down at the other side of the uh, the uh, yard. So I knew no matter how cold I got, I would be able to hop in the hot tub, but I still wanted to show my sons I'm a little bit nuts. So,
3: Well, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> here's what you need to understand, Michael. Uh, your friend Bo Matthews that, that you're talking to here uh, often texts me in the morning from his thought tub, he calls mm-hmm. it, but it's really a hot tub. Yeah. So I want to
4: see him I do, do this ice bath. Yeah. Well, I want to see that Bo. Oh, no. Uh-huh. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always nice when
1: you got the hot tub. You know, it's that's exact definitely how you got to start. And a lot of people just start with cold showers. I mean, I, I took a cold shower this morning. I I didn't sleep real well last night. Obviously, we worked all day yesterday. I was on the road, so I kind of woke up this morning a little sleepy eyed. Um, and I was like, man, I just to, took a little couple minute cold shower, and then I turned it on hot warm myself up and then got my day going. Here we are. That,
4: okay. So that's, I don't do a cold plunge. I just do a cold shower because I'll step in and it, I mean, if you just step in after you turn your, your, uh, faucet on in the shower, it's cold for a minute. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So I'll just jump in right away. But then I go back to my 103. That's waiting 24 <laughs> uh, yeah. hours yeah. a day, yeah. <laughs> which is fine though, <laughs> and,
1: uh, which is fine though. I mean, you got to start somewhere and then, then you kind of just like anything brick by boring brick, you build, you know, you build a career, you build a life, you build a tolerance, you build everything, brick by boring brick. That's the it, that's the hard work in St. Louis boy way. Yeah, Sp- what was your about-
4: expression? Go, what go was ahead. your what was your son's expression uh, about you getting from the cold plunge to the hot tub? I, it was just yeah. awesome. He well, was all bundled I, up he, like Christmas he, story, right? Yeah.
1: Well, the first one, yeah, the first one was my son Ace, and it was my son Ace's first time seeing snow. Um, so then he saw <laughs> oh, his dad yeah. be nuts in in the snow, and then uh, then my almost seven year old Hap was the second time that when I was doing the front flips, and he was he's he's pretty used to it by now. He knows his dad's a little bit psycho, so <laughs> it's uh, it's
3: fun. <laughs> Speaking of of uh, the UFC again for a minute. We, were, we talked to Michael about getting to see Donald Trump when he showed up with I guess Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson and some other folks to a fight recently right yeah
1: yeah, that was uh, I saw him in New York and then I saw him in, in Vegas as well um, so yeah walking out with Kid Rock and the entire place goes nuts um, had to go over and say hi so I have a, I have a friend of mine um, who was in his camp actually one of his secret service guys and then one guy who kind of works in his campaign so I always make sure I Try to pull some strings and say I got the I got the the security clearance and all that kind of stuff now because I've seen him a couple different times and people know Do, I'm a fan of Trump and uh, I love what he's doing. So
3: does he look like he's in fighting shape? Because I understand he weighs 215 pounds.
1: I mean he's uh he, <laughs> I tell you what I mean. People can talk about his age and all that kind of stuff. The dude is with it. The dude is motivated. The dude uh, he is sharp. Yeah, um, he's going to hurt, hurt some people's feelings, but he's he, he's at least a sharp,
3: sharp human being. You'll have to relate what he said to you when he found out where you live.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it was the first time because so my wife, Bree, always wanted to meet him, too. And I was like, hey, babe, this is the, the time I'm going to, you know, let's go meet Trump. So we brought him over there. He's like, yeah, what's up, Michael? It's good to see you, man. You're fighting McGregor next. Yeah. And you guys live in Tennessee. He's like, I pull really well in Tennessee. You know, we do really well in Tennessee. I'm like, yeah. You know, he kind of does the thing. I'm like, Donald Trump, it's right to the right to the talking points, <laughs> right to the talking. It's points. It's what's on his
4: mind. That's awesome. And and so uh, your fight is set for June 29th for uh, Conor McGregor. Where's that going to be? Do we know?
1: It's uh, it's not confirmed yet, but historically, International Fight Week is usually the biggest card that they do, kind of in the middle of the year. Yeah. And it's always in Vegas because it's obviously a celebration for the UFC. Oh, okay. Um, so. 99 percent sure it'll be in Las Vegas, and which I'm excited about. I fought. This will be my sixth fight in the UFC, and I haven't fought in Vegas yet, so I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't enjoyed the, a Vegas fight week. So maybe it's uh, maybe I'm biting off more than I can chew. Maybe it is going to be a little bit crazy because it is Vegas, you know, on on fight week. But I want to experience that, and uh, here we go.
3: What's that psyche uh, for you? I mean, what, what like we watch the Rocky movies, and you know, and he he he, gets down, then he gets up, and then he gets back in the fight. And I mean, is it is it you out? On your own or you got a team that works with you? What are you doing when you lead up to this fight?
1: A big team and that and that's why I do travel down to Florida for eight to ten weeks, you know. Um, I think this time I'll probably do a twelve week modified camp, fly back home on the weekends to see my family, but I kind of fully immerse myself in that kind of Spartan lifestyle, if you will. It's it's kind of groundhogs day every day, um, embracing the monotony, two, three workouts a day. And the biggest thing is, you know practicing patience, realizing that not every day is gonna be great, not not every day is gonna be perfect, but it's gonna be successful. There's gonna be yeah. ways that we we build. Um, we're going to have our tough days, and we're going to have, uh, as long as we have more good days than we have bad days, things are going to be fine.
3: Wow. Well, it, it's it's <laughs> fun to watch. I know that uh, for sure. D- you are in St. Louis, we should mention, because, what, six months ago or so, you got involved with uh, Hiatus Tequila.
1: Yep. Yeah, I uh, I discovered him about a year ago. I wanted to start my own tequila company. I wanted to be in the spirits industry, and, and tequila is my drink of choice. But then a friend of mine who was already in the industry said, hey, you need to take a look at this Hiatus company. I feel like it fits It fits your brand. It is a clean Additive-free tequila. It looks clean and crisp. It looks phenomenal. Um, so I discovered it, tried it from the first taste. I I, I knew I wanted more, but I, I wanted more involvement. So I kind of I met the our, our founder Chris DeSoto, who created tequila for tequila people the way it was supposed to be intended to be, and um, I loved the ethos behind it. So finally, it took me a little while to kind of convince him to let me. Come into the company and and uh, invest to, to come on as a, as a owner and investor with them. And now we're we're spreading the word of what I believe is the best tequila on the planet. Yeah.
3: So. Well, by the time people hear this, you you'll you'll be out of town. But mm-hmm. we should mention you did sign a bunch of bottles that you left at the Schnooks over there in De Pere, right? In De on, yeah. on
1: Manchester. Yeah. We did a we had a bunch of people come through yesterday, so that was cool. So we got a bunch of signed bottles there, and um, yeah, you can go on hiatus Actually, if you use the promo code Chandler, uh, you get a, a little bit of a discount there to uh, to try what I believe is the best tequila on the planet.
3: Well, that's awesome. Uh, Michael Chandler, listen, it's a pleasure having you in, my friend. Best of luck in June. I don't think you're going to need luck. I think mm-hmm. you've got all the will you need. You've got to bring the guns. That's awesome, brothers! Baby, great to see you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah. Appreciate you. Enjoy your visit. We appreciate having you here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Coming up, uh, there's some stuff you need to know about if you have a furnace. And most of us who have a house have a furnace. The the Biden administration's making some changes that are going to hit your pocketbook. We're going to talk to our friend Brian Agers from Agers Heating and Air Conditioning when we come back in just a minute. Uh-huh. You
4: call me what you want, but now- Leave your deep and dark and never swim in the kiddie pool. Waited, I've been taking the cinematic, it's beautiful. And I don't know if I'm making movies or music videos. I've been developed and a look at the benefits. Nothing to matter with, I can never be delicate. my I that the pets are in I
2: never meant to be so bad, too. One thing I said that I would Welcome back do. to Second
3: Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors baby. It's uh, been cold outside and you know it's going to get worse before winter is over. No doubt about that. I don't
4: even think you can I don't even think you can quote that song. Didn't they ban that song?
3: <laughs> they tried. Uh we don't care, Bo. Uh we do what we want around here. Uh anyway, no. yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, here's the thing about it. If you if you have wanted to maybe get a new furnace, uh, you've been thinking about it, maybe yours has not been keeping up with the task when it's been zero degrees, there's something you need to know. My friend Brian Agers is kind enough to join us this morning from Ager's Heating and Air Conditioning. CallAgers.com is their website, longtime supporter of my program. And Brian, uh, welcome in, my friend. How are you? Great. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, good to get you on here. Uh, you, you you mentioned this on my show when I had you on a couple of weeks ago, that some changes uh, being forced down your throat by the administration, by the government, uh, are going to lead to some higher prices for equipment. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's a fact. So, um, you know,
0: every year the industry usually has a bit of a price increase just to kind of keep up with the cost of overhead of you know, inflation and labor and materials and whatnot. And so not only are we going to to see that increase here in the next few weeks, um, when this new equipment rolls out at some point later this year, um, because 1231 is the deadline of when it can be produced, and I know that there's going to be manufacturers who are certainly not going to wait until the last minute to switch their line because it would be illegal on January 1st of 25 to, manufacture the existing equipment so they're going to be switching over their production lines here i would say sometime third quarter of this year would be my guess and we've been told um, the organization that i'm president of and and just industry folks that i've spoke to said to brace for about a 30% price increase across the board oh, on all heating and air conditioning equipment so well like right you know now we're, we're, we're,
4: go ahead go ahead we, we, no, I was just going to say, well, you know, we've been told that Bidenomics is working, so I guess we can all afford these thirty percent increases,
0: right, Brian? Along along with the gas uh, and everything, you know, heating and and utilities and everything else that is costing groceries, it's costing more money. It's just one more thing. It's all right.
4: But you've got to stay warm, and and you know, it's kind of like when you get in your car on a cold snap day like we were having, and your car doesn't start. That's when you realize your heating system in your home is not working. So you guys have been just going nuts, I'm sure, trying to get yeah. everybody back up and running, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. We're really trying to prioritize the people who are struggling with either no heat or you know, some sort of situation where their their equipment's not keeping up. One of the things that I think is probably important for the audience to understand is that there are design conditions for heating and for cooling. And so we get a lot of calls of Hey, you know, it's, I know it's a negative five out, but I can only keep my house at 64 degrees or 68 degrees. St. Louis, when you look at the design, it's based on a two degree um, ambient temperature. So when you're looking at two degrees as your design temperature, and then you go into negative temperatures like we've had, your furnace is not typically going to keep up and, and keep your house at 73 degrees or whatever you're accustomed to. And so the equipment may be running nonstop. It may be not quite hitting your set point. Most of the cases that we're seeing where people are calling with that complaint saying, you know, I'm only a few degrees away from my set point, but I can't get there. It's just, it's giving you everything that it has. There's nothing wrong. It's just past the design limits of how equipment is sized. Wow. And so for those folks, you know, it's a, it's an unfortunate situation, but if we over, we did, you know, overkill and and designed it for say negative 10 on our average temperature days in the thirties or forties, you would have so much heat coming in through your vents that it would be this disastrous temperature swing. And so that's why we don't just put 135,000 BTUs in everyone's (laughs) home because, you know, you don't want your furnace to kick on and it feel like, you know, hell's waiting room in your house in the next six minutes because you know it's 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 too much and so there there there's a balance there and unfortunately we don't hit negative temperatures often but when we do you have to watch for pipes you know you have to do some due diligence maybe turn a faucet on if your piping is on the exterior of your building and let it trickle just overnight especially when you're not uh, when you're not using it because there's been a lot of freezing pipes and and that creates all kinds of mayhem and thousands of dollars in water damage and yeah, whatnot.
3: Yeah, because then the water leaks down onto your furnace, which then stops working, and then you got uh, ten <laughs> times the problem, right? You bet. Yeah. You what? Bet. What? What? an what a nightmare! What? What are your tips for people, Brian? I mean, just um, to, to other than making sure you're getting regular maintenance on your furnace for for times like this.
0: Yeah, maintenance is important. Uh, I'm not going to say that it's not. uh, When we're in the middle of the fight like we are right now with temperatures, it's kind of a little bit too late for maintenance. Not to say that it's not still valuable, but, you know, people are running around doing triage trying to get people's equipment working again. And so the best thing a homeowner can do is make sure that they're using a quality filter. Some filters, even though they're a name brand or they're recognized, still have a high what's called static pressure. The, the, The breathability of the filter isn't great. And so if your system is struggling and you don't have a new filter in there and there's some dirt built up on it, it's going to make it even harder for it to maintain temperature because you're restricting that airflow. So first and foremost, I'd say new filter. Um, If you have a high efficiency furnace that uses plastic PVC pipes to exhaust that flue gas outside of your home um, in these sustained freezing temperatures, sometimes that water, or that, that steam that comes out of the pipe likes to grow an icicle on there. And I've I've seen plenty of cases where that exhaust pipe actually gets partially shut off and and then your furnace malfunctions because it thinks there's a blockage, so making sure the icicles removed from an exhaust pipe would be a, a good move, making sure that you know nothing is around any intakes or exhausts uh, is a good measure. There's drains on furnaces that are condensing or high efficiency, and so making sure that the drain is clear and flowing and that you didn't accidentally put a paint bucket on a hose and now it's shutting the thing down. So there's some real common sense things that folks can do, but, you know, just keeping the equipment clean and giving it some grace when we're, you know, down to negative two at night and understanding that, well, maybe 68 is the best it can do um, are things that, you know, kind of set people's mind at ease
4: i tell you, I'm a huge fan of the electric blanket, uh, and, I, and I'm being serious. I'll put yeah. it on just a three until I get into bed, and then I'll put it on one, and one is perfect. My wife likes it at six or eight or whatever, but it's a great way to uh, to uh, to stay warm, especially in mm-hmm. the dangerous temperatures. Brian, I wanted to ask you, though, are, are your operators that answer your phones able to vet whether a person truly needs a repair or if the uh, furnace is just not enough? Or it's too old can they vet that out so you don't have to send uh yeah, you know service people out or service text
0: yeah typically we can kind of walk that through over the phone and say hey you're going to be okay and i mean 95 percent of the time people will accept that you still have this this, this sliver of people it's like i hear what you're saying yeah. but i kind of don't care what you're saying and i want you to come out anyway just <laughs> to make me feel better well i'm I'm um, freezing. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I understand people are worried about pipes freezing and whatnot and, and piping on the exterior of your your house can absolutely freeze even if your the center part of your house is warm. So I mean, like I said, turning a faucet on, letting it, it trickle, especially overnight when the temperatures dip real low and the sun's not shining on your house to heat it up are all great tips. But yeah, I mean we can we can pretty much vet that over the phone um with pretty pretty high accuracy.
3: Well, that's good. I mean, I'll just tell you one thing. Uh, my furnace uh, from Ager's Heating and Air Conditioning has kept me toasty warm through all of this. So thank you, Brian. You bet. I'm <laughs> glad, glad to hear it. <laughs> I tried to tell you, Bo, on a, on a personal note um when uh, brian and i've had I, I he's probably been a sponsor of my show for six years now and uh i'd have him come over and ever so often my furnace or my air conditioner would go on the outs and he'd send somebody over to look at it occasionally brian would come over himself and he'd look at me and goes you you know this thing's on its last legs right i'm like yeah, yeah i know i know just just nurse it along a little bit longer so then a year ago in june i'm on vacation in florida And we had some of my wife's relatives were staying at our house while we were gone because they were in town visiting. And that's when my air conditioner decided to die. And Mm -hmm. I'm on the phone with Brian from Florida saying, can't you make it work one more time? And he's like, dude, (laughs) this compressor is gone. There's there's nothing else I can do for you. So he he nursed me along for a long time before we upgraded to the higher efficiency uh, carrier infinity unit, I think it is. And this thing's great. I love this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and
0: so uh, one thing to keep in mind for folks who are on the bubble, you know, anything that's getting close to 15 years old and certainly beyond has reached its, you know, what the manufacturer suggests is its useful life expectancy. So if you're on the fence or you're getting close to that 15-year mark, it's a great time before prices go up. We're running a sale right now that's a 15% off, um, and we're doing this during this promotional period till the 8th of February, 8th of February, pricing goes up 6%, the 15% discount goes away, and then later this year, we're expecting another 30%. So I've shared with many customers over the last few weeks that we've been running this promotion, you're going to pay 51% with us. You're going to pay 51% less if you install new equipment right now as opposed to waiting 12 months from now.
4: That's huge. And, you know, uh, Mark and I like to drive old crap and and fix old crap, obviously. Can you limp it along a little bit longer? Get the duct tape. We need some help. Mm -hmm. But if Mm -hmm. you do buy new technology, you do save in the big numbers, the the bills you have to pay. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Absolutely. I I was just talking to a neighbor of mine last night, and uh, he's all electric, which doesn't help anything. But he said, you know, from the time before you install this equipment, to after he said my utility bills average $170 a month less than they did wow,
4: wow. yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: you, so, you know and,
4: and and so so what they're doing with the uh, the the you know you because of the price increases and stuff is it kind of like the you know the obama light bulb or the you know no gas stove is it one of those federal moves that's making the big difference in your industry
0: It is. The new refrigerant has a smidge of propane in it, and even though they're deeming it, you know, um, slightly flammable, and and to be fair, the current refrigerant under the right circumstances with, you know, flame and oxygen added to it is also flammable, so this is is slightly more flammable. It's not a, you know, I've seen, I've actually seen the tests uh, of them burning the refrigerant, and it really isn't that dramatic of a, a, a difference, but out of an abundance of you know government regulation the new equipment will have sensors on it that detects refrigerant leaks and then tells the equipment to shut down and turns the fan on to disperse it and all this Mm. stuff is going on you know i've asked the industry are are these sensors going to last the life of the equipment yeah and the answer uh was we think so
3: (laughs) all right that makes me that makes me feel great (laughs) (laughs) Brian, uh, we we appreciate having you on. CallAgers.com is the website, and people can get on there and take advantage of that uh, 15% off deal up until February 8th. Thank you, my friend. You bet. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk again soon. Brian Agers, Agers Heating and Air Conditioning. CallAgers, that's spelled A-G-E-R-S. CallAgers.com.
4: I'm telling you, you have to have a good accountant, a banker, an attorney, and a heating and an air conditioning guy <laughs>
3: that's what you need uh, for sure
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy hey, well wow, that, that's nice the, for
3: guess who walked in the studio what? bo
4: who
3: trisha hi bo trisha everything <sighs> just walked in the studio
0: i was just oh, wondering my around goodness. i was listening and i thought I-, I better stop it and say hi
4: so glad you did how are you
0: <laughs> i'm good how are you doing sir
4: uh, I'm good. You know, we don't see each other, you know, on a on a regular basis because you know I'm I've been barred from the building. But the last <laughs> time I saw you was at the uh, Killmeat event, and that was a grand success, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm so
5: glad you could be there. Uh, yeah, we were very happy with it.
4: And now, what's the big push? What's What's the next big event? I've been seeing emails come through when I check when I can get access to my email.
5: Well, it's Democracy 2024, so. Uh, anything election? We're just doing elections,
3: <laughs> caucuses, uh, uh, primary elections, whatever the case yeah, may be. New Hampshire Absolutely. is next. That'll be mm-hmm. Monday.
4: Oh my goodness! Yeah, it it it's just been it's been insane because you you know you could people can watch legacy media and we saw what happened after Iowa, right? Uh, you know, like the CNNs of the world, Rachel Maddow, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even let the pre the President Trump talk. They just spoke over top of him like, and they wouldn't even say his name hardly. I was like, "Are you serious?" It was so frustrating. Not that that's where I go to get you know what I want to hear. I go to ninety seven one is where I go, obviously, uh, or even KMOX. You know, mostly
0: ninety seven one though.
4: Yeah. <laughs> This show's also It
0: depends on which station you're listening to this
3: on. Yeah. yeah. I get Both are great. Well, it, you know, it's an, it's an amazing uh, revelation to watch MSNBC the other night during the Iowa caucus, and they go to the winner's speech, and MSNBC refuses to carry it because they are the arbiter of truth. And if, if, you, if MSNBC disagrees with you, they're not going to let your voice get heard. This is the same organization that spent two years talking about the Russian collusion lie uh, they didn't care about that and they've never apologized for it but they've now determined you can no longer listen to Donald Trump's voice
4: it, it yeah it's 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 pretty heartbreaking actually and actually you know I've even heard uh, CNN referred to as just Rachel Maddow like she is CNN and <laughs> or shes I, I don't MSNBC. Even have regular TV
3: MSNBC or that whatever yeah, it is. yeah I don't, <laughs> you know you know that's insane. how well I know yeah <laughs> Yeah, so we're yeah we're very excited about that because of course it's a it's uh it's like the Super Bowl and and the National College Championship and all that wrapped up into one for us here at ninety seven one because it's it, you know it, here's the thing about New Hampshire I found this out this week Th- they're going to vote up there on Monday all of the na- na- national media is telling you right now that Nikki Haley is surging just like they did in Iowa where she lost right. by. Thirty points, right? So now right. they're telling you, see, you just wait. She's surging in New Hampshire. She's got it down to single digits, and then on Thursday, a poll came out in New Hampshire by the NBC affiliate up there that shows her down by sixteen points to Donald Trump. He's he's at fifty percent. She's at like thirty four percent. That could tighten before Election Day. Forty six percent of the people that will vote on Monday in New Hampshire are not registered Republicans. So, if right. those are the ones voting for Nikki Haley, that kind of blows the whole thing out of proportion, doesn't it?
4: Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd actually like to see Trisha run. Trisha, are you busy uh, for the next four years? You know, uh- or eight? I'll, I'll consider
3: it. Uh, <laughs> I thought she was going to make an announcement there for just a minute. I, I didn't know. I she. was hoping. Yeah, she kind of hesitated, didn't she? Did you hear that? I did.
0: I'm still in talks with my team. I need to consult my family
5: and see what they say.
3: <laughs>
4: no. no.
3: No. Run no, away. Don't do it. Don't do it, Tricia. All right. Uh, great show today. Uh, we we appreciate uh, you guys listening in. Of course, you can always download the podcast on the Odyssey app or uh, go to our website there, at 97.1 FM Talk.
4: And share it. Please. Yes, please. Get the word out. Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Uh, so, for Mark Cox and uh, Carl Middleman, wear your seatbelts. I'm Bill belts. Matthews. Stay warm. Have, yeah, wear your seatbelts and uh, have a great weekend. The rest of your weekend. See you, boys.